Seems like we got our technical issues from last week cleared up, which is good because anybody that knows me knows it is very difficult for me to stand still for 30 minutes. And last week was like torture, I have to tell you. So, so today I'm going to move around a little bit, so um, hopefully that works for you and you don't get too dizzy. But um, at this time, we're going to have the children or the child um, <laughs> to be dismissed to go hang out with her mom for <laughs> the next 30 minutes. You know, when, um, when you go to school or when, when you're in class or even, you know, in, in church, in, in Bible study or in Sunday school, um, there's always a time um, that you review what you've already been going over. You may have a big test coming up. You may have just to, to start a new lesson. You may need to make sure that you've got a firm grasp on, on the previous lesson. But, but review is used quite a bit. And Jesus is no different. And as we've been going through the previous 11 sermons um, from the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has been talking about our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. And, and how that looks in our prayer life, how that looks in how we relate to one another, and, and just how we're supposed to put all that together and what that means. So today, he's going to review those concepts in maybe a little bit different way, but also in kind of the same way. We're going to be talking about some of the things we've already been talking about. What's the purpose of review? To make sure we got it. To make sure that we understand that we're all on the same page as we go forward. And so many times... We want to see God do a work in our life. The choir just sang it. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything. Not this, this and that. Not the little stuff or not a few things. Everything to God in prayer. We all make that mistake. We all make the mistake of praying about the big stuff and trying to handle the little stuff ourselves. Stop that. Don't, don't do that no more. Take everything to God in prayer. And that's one of the things that Jesus is talking about in a, in a passage that we should be familiar with. If you have your Bibles, Matthew 7. Matthew 7, verses 7 through 12 today. We've only got two more after this. I don't know about y'all, but I'm, I'm going to miss the Sermon on the Mount. But at the same time, we might get a little relief because my, my toes are just as worn out as yours are. Because, because Jesus is, is teaching us. Matthew 7, 7 through 12. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it shall be opened. Or what man is there among you when his son shall ask him for a loaf will give him a stone? Or if he shall ask him for a fish, will, he will not give him a snake, will he? 
I hope not. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? Therefore, however you want people to treat you, so treat them, for this is the law and the prophets. Father God, we ask that you bless the reading of your word. We ask that you bless these moments that we are together, that we open your word and see what you have to say to us today. And Father, even though we, we've heard these concepts, we, we've heard th this message Speak to us in a way maybe we didn't get it last time. Maybe in a new and fresh way that something will be awakened in us that has not yet. Or that needs to be reawakened in us. Father, have your way in these next few minutes. Receive the glory. It belongs to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So when we want to see God do a work in our lives or grow us in our relationship with him, the first thing we must do is ask him to do what is on our heart. Ask him. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. Now this, John 14, 13 says, Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So like I've said, if there's something that we want that's on our heart or something we don't understand or something we're struggling with or something we, we need and, and we haven't seen it provided, ask. There's a verse in the Bible that says you have not because you ask not. And we need to make sure we ask, but we, meet, we need to understand that this is not a one-time thing. One of the things... Since we've been going through these um, sermons on the, on the Sermon on the Mount, um, every week I throw a little Greek at you. By the time we're done, you're all going to be Greek scholars. Okay, that might be stretching it, huh? Well, we, we've been kind of in the, in the um, elementary Greek. Today we're going to move up to the intermediate. Y'all ready? There's three verbs that Jesus uses here. They are ATO, which means to ask, request, or beg. They are ZTO, which means to be about, to desire, to seek, to endeavor. And there are kruao, which means to rap or to knock. And when I say rap, I mean like this, not the kind of music that most of you don't like. Um, but when I look this, these three words up in the Greek New Testament, they were used in the iterative present form. Have I lost anybody yet? English teachers know what I'm talking about. The iterative present form using the suffix ta epsilon, which are Greek letters, and this implies repeated action. So what Jesus is saying here in this verse, keep on asking, and it shall be given to you. Keep on seeking, and you shall find. Keep on knocking, and it shall be opened to you. 
We don't just, Lord, do this for me and then forget about it. It's every day, every time we pray, until we see the resolution of what it is that we're praying about. We need to keep on asking. We need to keep on seeking. We need to keep reading the Bible. We need to keep trying to find God's will for our life. And his plan until he reveals it. Not just, oh, I read a Bible verse, I didn't get it, I guess I'm going to stop. Or I called out to God, he didn't do nothing. Keep on asking. Jesus told a story in Luke 18 about a judge who did not believe in God. He did not respect men. But there was a woman who kept coming to him saying, give me justice from my enemy. And she kept coming, and she kept coming, and, and the judge said, well, I don't honor God, and I don't respect men, but if I don't give this woman what she asked for, she's going to wear me out. And Jesus said in Luke 18, 7, Now shall not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day or night, or will he delay long over them? We have to keep pressing in. We may not get an immediate answer. We may not see the resolution right away. Sometimes you do, and that's wonderful. Praise the Lord. But that don't happen all the time. Sometimes we pray for a long time before we see the answer. A long time. I'm telling you. But keep on praying. Don't stop. And when our hearts are tuned to Him, that's when we see results. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. To him who knocks, it shall be open. So when we're praying, it's not just a laundry list. It's not just, Lord, give me this, Lord, give me that, Lord, do this, Lord, do that. It's tuning our hearts. To the heart of God. And coming face to face with him. And conforming our desires to his. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, Therefore I say to you, all things which you pray for and ask, believe that you have received them and they shall be granted to you. Here's a problem that a lot of people face. And I've, I've, been, I've done it. Been, been there. It's not, we're, sometimes we're praying and it's like, Lord, I know you can, but I'm not sure that you will. I know you can, but I'm not sure that you will. Now, now don't get me wrong, now, is, this don't work if you're like praying for a brand new car or a lot of money. That's not what he's talking about. And really, do we really believe that's going to happen if we say, Lord, make a million dollars fly out of the ceiling? But Lord, I'm asking you to do what's best for me, what's best for my family, what's best for our church, what's best for our community. And I know you can. But we have to take that next step. I know you will. 
Because if it's in his will to do it, if it's according to his word, if it's for the advancement of his kingdom, we, and he's told us that's what he wants to do, we have to believe that when he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. But sometimes we believe he can, but we don't believe he will. We can't pray doubting. James 1, 6 and 7 says, let him ask in faith. Without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. We have to trust that God is going to act on our behalf and act in our best interest when we pray and believe him to do that. John 15, 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. As we grow in sanctification, we grow to look more like Jesus. As we grow to look more like Jesus, we're going to think more like Jesus. Now, we're not going to do that perfectly in this life because we still have that human nature. But as we grow, the things we want, the things we desire, start to conform to what God wants and what God desires. And as we grow in Him and grow closer to Him, then we're going to start seeing more of what we ask for Coming to fruition because what we're asking for is going to be what God wants to give us. And we're going to understand and we're going to, our motives are going to change. And it's not going to come from that selfish place. Lord, give me this, give me that. Lord, your will be done. And I'm going to be good with that. Because your best is better than my best. 1 John 5, 14 says, And this is confidence that we have before Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us according to His will. It might not be His will that you get that job. It might not be His will that you get to live in that house, in that neighborhood. It might not be His will that you're in that city. It might not be His will that the things you want to work out Work out the way you want them because God may have a better plan that in the long run you're going to see it was better anyway than your plan. What is your will, Lord? What do you want? When we adjust our praying to seeking God's will, we're not ever going to be disappointed. <laughs> when we want what He wants, Jeremiah 29, 12, and 13 says, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Seek and you shall find. We've said this before. God's not playing hide and seek with us. He wants us to find him. He wants to, to communicate with us. He wants to fellowship with us. He wants... Us and him to be together. When we seek him with all our heart. When we truly seek the Lord. Not just whatever it is that we try to manufacture to get ourselves through the day. But are we truly seeking the Lord's face. And the Lord's will. And the Lord's presence. When we do he says you'll find me. You'll find me. How we do that? Through prayer. Through this word. Through fellowship and, and counsel with other believers. 
Proverbs 21, 21 says, He who pursues righteousness and loyalty finds life, righteousness, and honor. If we are truly seeking to know God more and asking Him to act according to His will while trying to grow to the point where our will is lining up more with His, then we will see Him do what we ask and even more. And even more. So we have to ask Him for what we want Him to do in our lives. We also have to trust Him to do what is best. We have to ask Him, then we have to trust Him. Can't ask him and then get mad at what he gives you. You got to trust him that what he gives you is going to be best. He says, what man is there among you when his son shall ask him for a loaf, will not give him a stone? Or if he shall ask for a fish, will not give him a snake, will he? We seek to do well for our children. Every one of us in here who are parents. If our kids say, I'm hungry, we're not giving them a bag of rocks. Unless your kids eat rocks. I don't know. I don't think they do. I did get one once at Halloween. I'm not sure why. But it does happen. But we, we wouldn't do that. And now the other verse, I don't like fish or snakes. So I'm not asking for either one of them. But the point is. As parents, we want what's best for our children. We work hard to provide them with the things they need and when we're able, some of the things they want. And we work hard to make sure that they have more than we had, just like our parents worked hard to make sure we had more than they had. And then our children are going to grow up and make sure their kids have more than they do. That's just, that's just parental nature. That's just how it is. We would never give our kids something that would harm them when they are seeking something for their good. And so then Jesus says in verse 11, if you then being evil, you then being evil, what? If you then being evil, Genesis 6, 5, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Sorry. Outside the grace of God applied in our life through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, we are totally depraved. We didn't come here with any righteousness of our own. And the righteousness we have now didn't come from us. It came only from God. Without God, we are evil. The thoughts of man, if we're left to our own devices, watch out. But he says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, because even as flawed humans, we still want the best for our kids, and we're going to take care of them, and we're going to love on them. And guess what? Unbelievers do the same thing. I know plenty of atheists who are wonderful parents to their children and give their kids good things and make sure they have what they need to succeed, at least what they think of as success. We need to get the gospel to them so they can see what real success is. But if us as humans 
know how to treat people right, at least those our, know how to treat our own right, even though we have a sin nature, we, we try to give good things to those that we care about. And if we can do that, as flawed as we are, how much more will God do for us? How much more shall your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask Him? Psalm 84, 11 says, For the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does He withhold from those who walk uprightly. And James 1, 17 reminds us, Every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Everything good we have comes from God. Even the things that we earned God gave us the talents and the means in which to earn those things so they still come from God the ability to work the ability to earn it the ability to to buy and to sell and to acquire what we need all of it comes from God Everything we have, the air we breathe in the morning, the sunshine that shines on us, the breeze that blows on us, the rain that falls on us, it all comes from Him. We didn't have nothing to do with it. And we forget that sometimes. We think we're more important than what we are. But it all comes from Him. He gives us everything we have. And he is a good father. <laughs> he's not just a good father. He's a perfect father. Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Unlike earthly parents, God is perfect. And we're not. I hope I didn't shock anybody by telling you that. But we're not. But God is. Every good thing we have comes from Him. And He loved us enough to give us His own life. So that we could come into relationship with Him. So that we could be forgiven. So that we could be declared righteous with His righteousness. If He, if he is not going to spare God the Son. If He's not going to spare His own life. That He Allowed to be nailed to the cross. The blood to run down the cross. To the spear in his side. The crown on his head. To be ridiculed. Rejected. Dying in agony. For you and me. If he will go that far. Why don't we think he's going to take care of these little measly things we deal with on a daily basis. He will. Ask Him. Talk to Him. Seek Him. Call out to Him. Everything we have. We can trust Him to take care of the things that are important in our life. So ask Him. Trust Him. Finally. Y'all ready for the hard one? Obey Him. Obey Him by treating people right. Told you we were going to review everything. We've been talking about our, our prayer life and our relationship with God. But 
We're coming back to how we are with each other. And, and you say, you read this at first, first glance, you're like, well, that, that verse 12 kind of seems out of place with the ask, seek, knock thing. But it's not at all. Because if God is a good father and treats us better than we deserve to be treated, can't we follow him and treat people at least the way we want to be treated? Verse 12 says, therefore. Whenever you see a therefore, you look before it and find out what it's there for. However you want people to treat you, so treat them. For this is the law and the prophets. The law demands that we love our neighbors as ourselves. Leviticus 19, 18 says, You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Galatians 5, 14 says, For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. In Romans 13, 8, it says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. The law requires that we love each other. The law requires that we love God and that we love each other. And while this is easier said than done, it is. Again, we still have the human nature, so we're going to mess up. But this is what we should all <clears throat> this is what we should all be striving toward. The law demands it, but the Lord expects it. So we must put this into practice. Luke 6.31 says that just as you want people to treat you, <clears throat> treat them the same way. Nobody wants to be treated badly. I think if we ask everyone in here, you know, if, if you could be treated good or treated badly, how would you, what would you choose? I don't think anybody would choose to be treated badly. If you would, I'm sorry. We need to talk. But we've talked about this before. It's so simple. Yet we struggle so hard. As you want people to treat you, so treat them. This should not be a hard thing for us to do. Even in disagreements. We can show the same respect that we would want to be shown under certain circumstances, under the similar circumstances. We may not agree, but you know what? I don't have to be ugly to you. You don't have to be ugly to me. I don't want somebody to talk negatively to me, somebody to, to, to do something, whether it's physically or whether it's verbally or whether it's behind my back or whatever, that, that's going to harm me or going to be disrespectful to me. So therefore, I shouldn't be treating people that way either. If I want you to show me kindness and show me consideration, I need to do the same for you. And if we all just learn to do that, think about our world and what's going on in our world today. If every single human being woke up in the morning and said, I'm just going to treat everybody the way I'd like to be treated today. Can you all imagine that? 
I don't know that that's ever going to happen until the Lord comes. But it's a nice thought. But you know who it can start with? Me. You know who else can start to put that in practice? You. Sometimes the people that may treat us badly just need to see an example of not that. Maybe if we start responding in love, the world might catch on. It's got to start somewhere. It's got to start somewhere. If we're asking God to do work in our life, we're asking God to transform us. We're asking God to use us to be His hands and His feet and to, to take His message to the world. we got to stop looking like the world and start looking more like Him. And it's got to start somewhere. So today when you go to Walmart and that person bumps your cart, just say, God bless you. Excuse me. Have a great day. And then get the watermelon seeds out of your cart and give it back to them. It, it's not hard. We just got to remember to do it. We want God to do things in our lives and help us in every area. But we need to ask. We should constantly be calling out to him for everything, looking for his will and what he will do to guide us in all that we face. We must trust him to do what is best for us, knowing his gifts are always good and showing obedience to him as we treat people the way they want to be treated. But when I, when I thought about that concept of that, you know, we don't have because we don't ask and we fail to ask in every situation, it... it what, what's happening when I say the church, I don't just mean Berea, I mean the church. Christians around the world, what, one of the biggest problems is we get complacent and we get to where we're okay with the status quo. We, we get to where we're okay with just being okay. Well, you know, yeah, there's things I'd like the Lord to do, but I don't have it that bad. I'll just deal. I won't bother him with that. I won't go to him. With it. I don't really need my life to get better. It's all right. Anybody else? Y'all, we in church. It's truth time. If you can't tell truth in here, you ain't never going to tell it. Is anybody else tired of the status quo? And just going along to get along. And just going through the motions, doing what we have to do. And just check our card. Got this week in the books. On to the next. And it never changes. Never gets any better. It never, and, and when I say better, it doesn't mean that we have everything we want means that we get content with everything we need that we do have. And when we start to want what God wants, we don't even miss the stuff we thought we wanted.
But it starts with asking God and truly seeking for Him to do it. So in these moments, we're, we're, as we sing this last song, instead of doing what we always do, sing the song and go home. If you really want to see God change something in, in your life, in, our, in your family, in, in, in our church, in our community, in our, in our world, in our nation, why don't we press in in these next couple of minutes and just ask him. Ask him. If you want me to pray with you, come, come down. I would love to pray with you. If, if you want to just come and kneel at this altar or, or just where you sit. But truly press in to what God wants to do. That's how we're going to unlock the next step. Of where he's leading us. It's when we as his body. Come to him and say God. All bets are off. Don't matter what I want. You do what you want. And maybe there's something God's laid on your heart today. Maybe there's something you need to respond to. And maybe he's already laid it on there. And, and like I said we, we come here and we get comfortable and we we don't want to get out of that comfort zone and I don't want anybody to think anything's wrong with me so I'm not going up there we got to get rid of that too if God's dealing with you we got time football games don't start for another hour we got time God's dealing with you don't don't walk out without doing business don't walk out without whatever it is you need to do, doing it. God, come now. Today's not the same as every other day. Doesn't need to be. No day needs to be. Break through the strongholds this morning. Break through the things that the enemy is putting up to keep us from going further and going deeper with you. Have your way. As we call out to you, as we sing out to you, amen.